2: PlushCare.com slash The
0: Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk.
3: You're very welcome to Wednesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Lots of chat and guests over the next couple of hours or so. Take a note of our numbers to get in touch with us on the show today. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or you can call in on 1857-15958. And we're expecting calls after I have a chat with my first guest because it's the end of an era for Tara Post Office. It's been open for 150 years and on Saturday... It'll close its doors for the final time. And a lady who's been there for a great part of the history of the post office joins me on the line now. She's the postmistress, Mary O'Growney. Mary, good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you?
3: I'm very good. Are you sad?
4: I'm very, very sad, Jerry. I really am. It's the end of an era for me. It has, um, as you said, 150 years.
3: My oh my and it's part of this rationalisation thing that's going on I know we're on post and you're not the only one done saying he goes I know as well at the weekend but listen tell me this when did you come into the post office there first what age were you? <laughs>
4: oh. I'd say I was about 14 years of age when my aunt God be good a Bridget Bridget Manley uh, got me uh, walking in the post office Well, helping her out on the switchboard that was the, the biggest uh, part of my walk then the switchboard we had them um, 30 subscribers and you know years ago they had to ring up our exchange, and we had to ring NAV to put them through to their call.
3: I remember. Well, see, I worked for P&T Aircom on that in my time, and I know what you're talking about. Ah,
4: no, yes. Yeah. Yes,
3: the little local exchanges. That's and, of course, right. that was a big part, because it was P&T, Posts and Telegraphs. The Post Telegraphs whatever, were a big part yes. of it at that stage.
4: It was. It was indeed, Jerry. yeah. And
3: you had 30 subscribers when you
5: think
4: oh, of it today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always remember, I'll have to mention her, Mrs O'Connell, Mary, uh, ringing me, uh, going back then, she wanted a phone call, and it was her that broke the news to me about John F. Kennedy being assassinated.
3: My God, you remember that, 1961?
4: I can remember that, yeah, I can remember that,
3: yeah. And that was the famous pub, Mrs O'Connell, that's in the Guinness ad every Christmas, yes? Don't put the
4: lights out. Time uh, to put, and it's time to put the lights out now for me, Jerry.
3: Ah, uh, no, Mary. <laughs> You're going to have everybody in floods of tears. But yeah, for and sure, they are already.
4: The n- people in screen, so, they have been so good to me all down the years and so supportive, and I just want to say a big thanks, uh, thanks to them all.
3: How long in total? How many years in total? You were in at 14. How many years are you there, all told? Well, uh... And uh,
4: my aunt uh, signed the post office over to me in 1975, so I'm 44
3: years a postmaster. Oh My, yeah. oh my, when you think in that time. A uh, lot of changes. A lot, huge yeah. amount. You know, when you go back to the early days, and it was, it was really the hub of the community there, wasn't it?
4: That's right, and years ago, when anyone had um, it, uh, bad news for anyone, it was a the telegram they had to send, and indeed uh, several telegrams I delivered on my bicycle as well.
3: And that was the means of communications, the main means where the messages came from, from all over the world.
4: Correct. If they had to, if they had to, no other means, it was the telegram that they used to send.
3: And, of course, you've always been uh, uh, the pension payer out, haven't you? The post office, you went there and collected your pension. That a business, well, that's, a, that's a huge part of the business, wasn't it? Well,
4: that's a huge part of the business for me all down the years and still is, you know. Mm. But it's... Ah, uh, I could I could still work on, but I think it's time. Uh, I'm getting on, uh, Jerry, and it's time to make a, a decision and yes. retire.
3: No, the pensions are a big part. Just to come back to what made up the post office. What what about the mail? Has mail declined, or, or what's that been like in, in in the last say ten years or more?
4: No, mail is is improving with um, address pal and online business Amazon. That's that's getting big for on post.
3: Yeah, so yep. that is growing. That's a good substantial part of what happens still.
4: That is right, yes.
3: Yeah. The... Point is often made about a local post office like yours that is it'll be missed so much by people who perhaps live on their own come to you you know to draw the pension talk to somebody do the little bits of business ah uh, you can see that obviously you that that's something that you see and in
0: practice
4: indeed I do and particularly on a Friday it's a it's a great place for a for a bit of banter and a and a bit of fun as well as doing the business with them they're so they're so, they're
3: so lovely yeah, yeah you, you, you went from the era I'm just thinking here about you there was no such thing as computers let's go back and remind people about this <laughs> do you remember the computer the first computer coming to you
4: indeed I do yes yeah and I was uh, I was scared silly will I be, ever be able to uh,
3: work this but sure <laughs> I, I am <laughs> not a bother to you you can do anything so you just adapt and rock and roll with the change in times was that the biggest change in your time there, computerisation.
4: Yes, it was, and it is, yeah, it is. But, sure, uh, everybody can do everything <laughs> now with a with a computer. <laughs> they
3: can indeed. Can't they? <laughs> <laughs> they can. But look, at I think there's still something lovely. We have a local one. I'm in Drotty and there are local post offices out around the town as well as the main one. But it's lovely to be able to go in and do your bit of business, post your letters, get your stamps, do whatever. Because you provide a range of services now at the post office, well, don't
4: you? Well, that's right. Mm. That's right. They do indeed. And I think they're expanding bigger now with... Um, with um, Insurance and mortgages and that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be for the much bigger office than me. I, I
3: understand. Yeah. I understand and where yeah. it's going in that way. That's now, tell right. tell me this. In in all those 40-odd years you've been there, were you ever forced to close? Did the weather ever get here?
4: Well, it did actually last year. We were closed. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there was snow back in the 80s and I kind of forget what it was then. <laughs> but you stayed open. More or less, I
3: think, yes. Mary, there was a deluge, I think, in 86 or something around then, so obviously you kept bathroom it didn't well, stop you? yes,
4: we could, we did, yeah, yeah,
3: that's for sure, that's for sure, yeah. And I know at one stage, you, there was a very frightening incident, wasn't there at the post office, there was a raid, what year was that?
4: Uh, I think that was going back to 96, that was a big raid, yeah. Mm. You weren't serious. there
3: at the time, were you not yourself? Well, I was
4: ill in hospital, uh, Jerry. Yeah. But, but I have to say, and at this stage, I'd l- I want to thank the guards, all around, they were always there for me, down the years, looked after me and on the lookout for me. They were very, very kind.
3: Did that become much more of a concern and a worry for you then, you know what I mean, after that particular incident?
4: No, funny, I never thought about it. Uh, like, when you walk behind the counter, you put that behind you, and uh, I, I put it behind me, and uh, I never worried about it.
3: Mm. Yeah. The other thing related to America, that was so interesting what you told me about Mrs O'Connell and the JFK assassination. You also had, uh, was it visitors to the post office around the 9-11, the uh, more recent one?
4: Two, yeah? Amer- two American people came in to buy stamps off me and we, we got chatting about, uh, you know, welcome to Ireland and they were enjoying their holiday and then they told me, Sadly, about the nine eleven that's the first time I heard of it then
3: right from them and yeah and from us. them,
4: yeah, Obviously We're they, very sad
3: Oh, they were surely yeah. u- upset about that yeah, what, what will you miss most about not being at the Hubbatara there
4: I'll miss uh, the chat I'll miss uh, my customers they were they weren't just customers, they were friends, everyone that came in, they just got to know me, and they were, they were that's what I would miss most
5: mm.
3: And have you any plans beyond this when, you, when you're shut on Saturday? What are you going to do? Have you turned your thoughts to that at all, Mary, at this? It's, got, it's going to be a sea change for you.
4: Ah, uh, Yeah, well, sure. Maybe uh, the neighbouring post office might be nice to me and give me another half day here and there. I'd be more than happy and delighted to oblige them. My
3: God, wouldn't you be a catch for them, Mary O'Brownie? <laughs> yeah, certainly would be a catch oh, for thank them. thank you. Thank you, Mary. I'm Jerry. sure, like, I, I, I wanted to talk to you today and just acknowledge, you know, all your years and what you've done for everybody out there but as you say for, for customers calling now especially these days it must be hard not to reflect and remember and be sad.
4: I, uh, that's for sure and I I, I used to do um, uh, raffles for different charities and my favourite was the Guide Dogs for the Blind and since I started with them years ago Tom and Bridge in Balbriggan, they're great friends.
3: Oh my God, and, and, and they were part and parcel of your life all these years as well. Indeed yeah. they are. Indeed, mm.
4: indeed I was out with them on Friday night, now I have to say. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and and what's going to happen? You're closing actually on Saturday, aren't you? Closing on Saturday, yeah. And is there a bit of a party or anything happening or what have you planned? Are you going to have a shindig or a little celebration yourself or what?
4: I uh, Well, I mean, I have to say, uh, great friends and great community, uh, they're, um, they're having a meeting themselves on Thursday night and they're organising... A little retiring party for me.
3: Okay. Look, there are people sending us messages already. If you know Mary O'Growny and Tara Post Office, Mary? I want to say something today. This is the way to do it: eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. You can call in now, or you can WhatsApp. It's free, or text us on 086-1800-658. Keep those messages coming to us. I have somebody on the line, Mary, that wants to say hello to you this afternoon. Oh, I, just stay there, and you'll you'll hear yes. her in a second. Patricia Conroy is with us. Hello, Patricia.
6: Hello, Terry. And- Hello Mary
4: How are you Patricia?
6: But I speak to Mary practically every day Jerry. Do Even you? if I only have a letter to drop in the post box I bring it in for Mary to put it in the bag so that I'll have a little chat
3: What do you say about this great woman and Well
6: first of all I will just say to you Jerry, as you know we have the most wonderful community in Screen Ratfai and Tara and Mary has been at the heart of that all these years and we're all going to be devastated for instance, Mary is part of it herself as well, and so am I, our text community alert group. And when it comes to renewal every uh, couple of years, and, you know, we do up our envelopes and put the form in and leave them on the post office counter and tell people they're there. And Mary takes them in for us. We're going to have to look at a new way now of getting around everybody for that. But as well as that, we have an RST newsletter, which we publish every month. And like that, too, when someone had ringed know, how can I pay for my sponsorship or how can I pay for my ad? Oh, just pop it in an envelope and pop it into Mary in the <laughs> post office.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: and on a personal note, going back, I'm in screen 32 years. And the school bus, for instance, used to stop at Ross Cross going to Navan. Yeah. It now comes further into the parish. But children got off the bus at Ross Cross and on a wet day, when they'd be waiting on the mammies to collect them from the bus and they got there first, they'd take shelter in the post office, as I've done so myself, getting off the 109.
5: Oh my.
6: Well, if I had a workman coming when I used to go out to work. I'd leave the keys at the post office to go into Mary and she'll give you the
3: key. Oh, yeah. Lord, I just love this. I love it. But you know what? It just sums up yeah. life in yeah. rural Ireland and how important the postmaster or postmistress is Absolutely. to the workings of the community.
6: Absolutely. And on occasions with the, the car, I'll drive the car at Ross Cross and I'll pop the key into Mary and you can pick it up from there. You know, things like that. Um Mary was such a, par- uh, such a part of our community. But thankfully, we're not losing Mary. We're losing the post office.
3: <laughs> yes. Oh, listen, this you woman. You very much have
4: Mary,
6: uh, yeah. and we're
3: happy about that. Yeah, I know. I'm sure you are. Mary, do you know what I'm just thinking there as Patricia says those lovely words about you? Indeed she did, yeah. You, you must be one of the most trusted people I've ever spoken to with all the, the, the cars and the house keys and children and everything that was put into your care.
4: Ah uh, well, yes, I think I think I am, Jerry. <laughs>
3: you certainly are. Yeah. There's no doubt. And the other thing that that I'm just reminded of here: you must have seen generations. You know that they came to you as children, and they grow up, and now they come to you with their children. Yes, that's
4: that's the frightening part, and that's more or less telling you, <gasps> now, Mary, it's time to. Put the
3: light out. <laughs> yeah. Listen to some of these. We're getting loads of comments in for Aww. you today. Listen, I'll get to a few. Let me read a couple of them here. A yeah. caller's just rung in to say, Thanks, Mary, for minding our bikes when we left them there to catch the bus to school each day. That building on the bike thing and minding the children that Patricia said a minute ago. Ah, oh, Jerry, I have great memories of one wonderful lady, Mary and the post office. She'll be sorely missed, says another caller, by the whole community and we want to wish her well and we're thinking of her today and we will be over the next uh, few days as well i'm going to print off some more of these in a moment and have a read of them also for you but look it it is coming to the end of the road you said you could have soldiered on mary but this is the right time is it this is the the time to say goodbye for you
4: i think it is i think this is the time to say goodbye sadly Mm. Sadly. Yeah, it's getting a- on in years now, Jerry.
3: Yeah, but listen, besides this, and you know your activity in the community, go now and enjoy. Yourself, you know, you that's, won't have the responsibility. Go and do things, Mary, that maybe you couldn't do in the past. Well,
4: that is that is very true. That is very true. Yeah. And just while I have the chance now, I have to mention Maliki, my colleague in Dunsany, to wish him a, a very happy retirement too.
3: Yeah, it's going there as well. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah. it, it's at the yeah. end of an ear in Dunsany, another parish in County Ah Indeed.
4: As well. mm, just down, down the road, be... Maliki was always there for me too. If I got stuck with the ring, ring Maliki, he sorted all out for me. Mm, mm. so,
3: <laughs> Well, anyway, you're going to take the next few days as they come. Enjoy yes. them as well because these are special time special memories for you and people. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. You will want for to sure. to join you in celebrating 44 years, 150 yes, years Tara indeed. Post Office has in, been there. Yes, here. indeed, yeah. Um Patricia, are, are you mad with 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 what's happening? Are you just, Absolutely, you know
6: Absolutely. Um
3: Jerry, it's just,
6: you know, what what are they going to leave in our community? I worked in the bank myself, and as I did boast, I got replaced by, it took three ATMs to replace me. <laughs> but, you know, it's similar again. Do you know what I mean? Everything, they want you to do everything online, cut out the mm. uh, meeting people. But yeah. look at, you know, as I said, thankfully, we're not, we're not losing Mary herself. And we have a few um, groups in in. Green here Like our Choose the club And our Knitting group And uh, and we'll be Recruiting Mary Now she has time
3: <laughs> You will indeed and, and she
6: can Join the ladies Who lunch <laughs> You yes. wouldn't have Been able to do that Monday to Friday Up till now Yeah
3: and you she know. can Reveal the story She probably can't Reveal with me On the air today <clears> Because <throat> uh, she's Such a trusted Person <laughs> and Confidentiality But you're in For a treat <laughs> I know this When she joins you Well look Patricia Thank you for Joining us And paying tribute To your friend And a wonderful woman And Mary O'Growney enjoy enjoy your time and from everybody in the area i know they're flooding into us and i'm going to read more of them as i go through the show today with the lovely words for you many many happy years to you and enjoy these years one door closes Another opens, Mary.
4: Please, God. And just before I go, I better not forget my uh, son and daughter, David Leone, and my son-in-law, Patrick, and just my two brothers, Billy and Pete. They're just marvellous, and they were always there for me down the years.
3: Indeed, and they were. And they'll have more of you, please, God, now over the weeks. Please, God, the Months ahead. They will indeed. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you for taking the call, and thank you, Patricia, as well. Thank Thank you both. Bye, Gary. Bye-bye. 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 Aren't they just lovely? Ah, you know something, I have to say, I feel emotional myself thinking about it, because progress is right. I know there's progress and things have to change, that is life. But you know something, in our rural communities, we are really losing something special, something that's so important to so many people. And you know, we're going to be the poor of our, there's no doubt about it, we're going to be the poor of our as communities and people. That's the reality, that's the price that has to be paid for progress. Oh, Mary O'Growney is so loved I just see it in the response we're getting here on Late Lunch this afternoon Eddie McCormick's been on Mary to wish you all the very best he's going to miss you immensely uh, somebody else saying it's so sad to see these local businesses closing in Screen and Dunsania and around the Tara area the post office is such an important place for us as a listener today what a wonderful lady and friend uh, is our Mary from Tom and Bridge. I think she mentioned them there is right, from the Guy dogs in Balbriggan. Lovely to hear from you today. Uh, very best wishes to Mary O'Granny on her retirement. That comes in from Marie and Navin. And Vera's been on to say, there's something lovely about that lady postmistress. There really is. You could just get that warned. She's kindness in her voice. So I want to wish her all the very best uh, in her retirement. Mag Halton's been on as well to say uh, to you, Mary, she's going to miss you so, so much. Thank you for all uh, the great cheers you've given us there. And the active first responders, who I know you're involved with Mary as well, have been in touch with us on Late lunch to say they're going to miss you immensely and thank you for all the support that you've given them over the years. Ah Louise, 44 years. It's
7: such, such a popular lady isn't ah, she?
3: Look and her, her aunt before her and going back 150 years. Four and, generations ah, I think she said. And, and and you know, you know yourself it's It's something you come from a shop background, your Mm. dad's shop in in, in Navan, and you you, you can, you know, empathise with what we're talking about. How these places, out in the sticks, as they say, out in the countryside, are so important to people.
7: And how you start so early in life. You know, like, as you mentioned, my dad's shop, I started when I was seven. Did you? And like that lady, Mary, was saying, she started out helping her aunt when she was a tiny tot as well. Yeah,
3: she went into the post office and then taking those calls when she was 14. Just thinking about, you know, life and, and, and working life. Recently, on late lunch, we celebrated 10 years and I said it then. Where has that decade gone to so quickly? And I'm just reflecting today. In August this year, I will have been 40 years working. I went to work first in the Department of Antishock in Dublin in
7: 1979. Well,
3: what's do you there? <laughs> Not I was much a clerical work. officer in the Department of Antishock at that stage. I remember that first day going to work. But imagine, here I am now at this stage of my life. I, I suppose i throw my mind back to then and think, what the hell is this or where will I be? 40 years have almost gone by and I have a, a full work and career behind me, change of career, great change of career for the last 10, which I've absolutely loved. Uh, but it's a long, long time. I'm just wondering, uh, length of time working, working life, working with Mary's, with one one employer, you know what I mean? All those 44 years. Anybody work more than 44 years with the one employer? Anybody listening today? Or
7: in the same job, maybe the, different yeah. employers, but in the same yeah,
3: Yeah, the career. same career, maybe, with different employers for more than 44 years. Is there somebody listening today who's gone beyond it and still working away, you know, after all this time?
7: I have to say, I know an uncle of mine and he must be working in the bar trade a good, must be 60, 60 years. My 60 Mm, and he still loves it and all the customers still love him there's no retiring there is there no I don't think you can retire from a job you love really
3: that's an interesting one can you I I don't don't know I don't know. That's, that's a very good question. There are some people who can't wait to get out the door the and they're clocking down the time to get out of places. Others, yes, perhaps it's the love. If you love something, it is hard to let mm-hmm. it go and, and and come away from it. But I'd be very curious to hear from anybody listening today who has longevity in an employment. Have you worked a long time with the one employer, as Louise says, at the same job with different employers? Have you moved jobs but can total it into beyond 44 years? Come on there must be somebody out there has more than 44 Louise mentions her uncle at 60 do you know somebody is it you listening today give us a shout we love to hear from you 1850 715 958 is the phone pick it up ring us now bridge will take your detail from you and that's all we want your detail who you are and the number of years leave your number with us as well or whatsapp us and text us now if you know somebody 086 1800 658
0: the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Did
3: you know that three brothers, originally from Fordstown, you know Fordstown, it's between Kells and Boy have their very own stars on Hollywood Boulevard. Well, now, this has come as news to me in the last while, and I do want to find out more about it. Yes, they're the forgotten Irishmen of Hollywood, the the Moore brothers, Owen, Matt and Tom. And I want to let you know that Turtle Bunbury, he's been a guest of mine on Late Lunch in the past, he's an award-winning travel writer, historian, author, TV presenter and public speaker, is determined to have their memories revived. And he's with me on late lunch this afternoon. Turtle, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I am very good indeed. Thank you so much for taking my call. Let's begin at the begin with these Moore boys. You know about their family. Fordstown I mentioned. They lived there, what, in the late 1800s? Well, uh,
8: they certainly set off from there in the 1890s, and I'm pretty certain that that's where they had their farm somewhere near Fordstone, as you said, Crossroads, Crossroads Village, Midway, between Tells, Atfoy. Um, And there's definitely lots of moors there in the 1880s, 1890s. And that is where a guy called John Moore lived with his wife, Rosanna. Uh, her maiden name was Carrie, like carrying something, C-A-R-R-Y. Mm. And they had uh, three sons and a daughter there at Fordstown. And in 1896, very early in that year, they decided to start anew, and they uh, packed their bags and crossed the Atlantic and set off for the US,
3: and came in through the usual route there into the states, Ellis Island.
8: They did, yeah. They came. They, they came on a ship that was going backwards and forwards, the Anchoria, the SS Anacorea, uh, and that it brought them into Ellis Island, and and that's, uh, from there they headed up to. Uh, well, headed west, as you do, to Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Toledo.
3: And, and they set up there. They began a new life. And another child arrived, yes, when they were in the States.
8: That's right. They'd, they'd already had, um, they set off three, the three boys, Tom, Owen and Matt uh, and their daughter, Mary. Um, John, the father, then he got work as a farm labourer in, um, in Toledo. And that's where their fourth son, Joe, was born. Um, and it's important because all five of the children were, you know, would become actors in due course.
3: Okay, I, I just think back, and I've I visited Ellis Island myself in recent years. It's an, a phenomenal place to to spend time there, which I did. And I just think of, you know, that journey from Ireland to America. It was a, a big ask at the time, wasn't it?
8: Well, it's certainly deep, profoundly exciting for these guys. I mean, mm. the, the the boys were thirteen and ten when they set off, and, and eight. Um, so completely new world, um, yeah. and yeah, Ellis Island has only opened fairly recently. Mm. Uh, at that stage, when Ooh. Annie Moore um, came through, um, so yeah, it must have been interesting enough, but it wasn't interesting enough to keep them in Toledo, um, <laughs> because Tom and Owen, those are the two older older sons. Um, they ran away from home um, and uh, joined the circus, joined a a travelling theatre company.
3: So that was Um, the start of their introduction to the acting performing life? Yes, that would seem
8: to be it. And they were, you know, this is, we're now moving into 1900, 1905, that sort of era. Um, And they're perfectly placed because over in California in 1908, something gets going just outside Los Angeles called the Hollywood motion picture industry. Mm. Um, so obviously they got wind of that, um, presumably through the Travelling Theatre Company, and and bolted west uh, to California. And um, they were there at the, at the very start of it. They both made movies in 1908, which is extremely early. Mm. Um, Owen was in a film called The Gorilla, and Tom was in something called The Christmas Burglars. Um, which was made by um, D.W. Griffiths, um, uh, who was a very well-known director, um, whose studios were called the Biograph Studios. Um, and just to you know, add a little bit of perspective on it, it's not that long since the end of the U.S. Civil War. And Griffiths, for instance, his father was a Confederate colonel from Kentucky during the war. So it's sort of these two worlds, the U.S. Civil War meeting the early days of Hollywood. Yeah.
3: Interesting, interesting times. Now these two boys um, started to make their mark, and of course, at that time, it was silent black and white movies we're talking about.
8: Yeah, that's it exactly. I mean, you wouldn't get into the into the talkies through till the uh, end of the nineteen twenties,
3: uh, really. Okay. Um, and they made yeah. lots of movies. The first, the, the groundbreakers were the boys that ran away, Tom and and Owen. Uh, when did the other fella follow the mat?
8: When Matt came out, Matt had stayed in Toledo for a little while, but um, he was out there by 1912, mm. um, which is when he made his uh, debut, actually alongside Owen and um, a very well-known Canadian actress called Florence Lawrence, Florence Lawrence, um, and they did a, a film called Tangled Relations. They're all short films yeah. and, and silent short films. But um, so, yeah, by, by 1912, you have uh, all three of the brothers out there
3: And ultimately, Um, Joe, uh, the other guy, and Sister Mary would also take part in some movies.
8: Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah, Mary um, was a a silent... She started 13 films between 1914 and 1917. And then the war came along and she actually returned to Europe and she was serving with the Red Cross in France in 1919, so 100 years ago this year. When unfortunately she became one of the many millions of uh, victims of the Spanish flu epidemic, oh my. Uh, so that was the end of her. Because who knows, you know, wh- what would have happened for her career?
5: Yeah.
8: And then her Joe, who Joe, who was actually he was born in in Toledo, um. But yeah, he also starred in, in a lot of films. Unfortunately, he too died young. He he had a drowned in Santa Monica when he was uh, 31 years old. So.
3: God. Yeah, tragedy um, at a young age for them. Now, the other three, Owen, Matt and Tom, making these movies, they made hundreds. Are they still about? Are, th- are those short, black and white, silent, uh, can they be seen?
8: You can see some of them, and the and one that uh, your listeners might have been most interested in, I mean, and this is on YouTube, um, for instance, is one called The Dream from 1909. Uh, and the reason why that's of particular interest is because he is, uh, this is Owen Moore from Fordstown, is acting alongside... Mary Pickford, um, who you know was probably the most famous woman in the world a yes. hundred years ago. I mean, it's she very was. hard to imagine, but she's you know the, the equivalent of a Kardashian today. <laughs> <For> um, <sure. laughs> and uh, you know everybody knew exactly who she was. She was the girl with the curls. She was America's sweetheart, um, and she was also Mrs. Moore yeah, because married. she married mm. she married Owen Moore. Mm. Um, she had Irish connections herself. Actually, her her mum. Uh, her her mum's father was from Tralee in County Kerry, John Pickford H- Hennessy. Um, and so she'd actually chosen her stage name, Mary Pickford, on the, on the back of her Irish grandfather. Really so they interesting. had that connection mm. and there were plenty more Irish knocking around in, in, in Hollywood during the sort of war years in the 1920s but these guys were there right at the start uh, and they got married in 1911 before mary pickford um you know before she became a star
3: mm. and, and and they went on and they kept making these movies and and i move on a bit because i look at owen I, and his he played a part in a star is born 1937 and it's ironic it's in the cinema as a remake 2018 today it's showing today
8: it's back in the cinema again. I know that that's, that that's a film that they keep on, you know, redoing every twenty years or whatever, and uh, successfully every time. Mm. But like Mutiny on the Bounty, that's another one like that. Yes. Um, so uh, yes, he did. I mean, he was he played the role of a uh, of a director in 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 uh, A Star Is Born. Um, I should add that he and Mary, uh, well, it's Hollywood, I suppose, but uh, their marriage did not survive, and um, so she actually. Was in in a bit of a doldrum when who comes swashbuckling into the plot but Douglas Fairbanks Jr. and uh, so she then basically files for divorce from Owen and, and married Douglas Fairbanks, uh, which is you know what she's most famous for. While Owen um, ends up, uh, well, he was he played you know alongside people like May West as well, so you know he mm. he continued to be um, pretty remarkable um, until his. Well, uh, unfortunately, Boo's got the better of him, and uh, he had a heart attack in, in um, Beverly Hills when he was 52 years old.
3: Not old either, let me say, at 52, you know, and to no. succumb to that. And Matt, coming back to Matt, here's another classic. I'm going to drop names again here. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the original in 1916, remade in 54 and 1997. He appeared in that one
8: yeah he um he he's a he's a bit of a character because he didn't he never wants to be a star mm. um i think i think owen definitely wanted to be a star in fact, i think he got quite jealous of mary Pickford um but uh matt didn't he actually when somebody said, How come you never set the town on fire he said, uh, i am afraid of flares and i never want to be one action actors usually flop after a flare <laughs> um so uh, but he yeah he had he, uh, he actually starred opposite Mary Pickford who's then his Brother's ex-wife in, a, in in a drama called Coquette. I don't know if you've um, seen it, but it was Mary Pickford's first talkie, uh, and she shorn she she got the scissors out and took off all her famous curls, and she won her second Oscar for that film. So. Really?
3: Um, you know, when when I hear you there, uh, Hollywood is mm, hasn't changed much. It was the same back then. All these different liaisons, relationships, the the stardom, etc. Even in those days. But here's the thing: I want to ask you. They both have their stars on Hollywood Boulevard. When were those stars, you know, put into the ground for them? How long ago? Well,
8: all, all, all three of them have stars. Yeah. actually
3: um and good
8: question you know i i don't know what do what when they were actually put in were they all yeah. put in together at once i think they were because um but i don't know the answer
3: okay but they're there now anyway and it's a fact that the moors own matt and tom from fordstown between kells and that point county Mead, are on the boulevard now uh, their family obviously there's not a lot left behind in fordstown to trace them to the house or the land of where they lived is that fair to say
8: well, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing a little bit of research, and there was, you know, there was definitely, for instance, a guy called Matthew Moore living in Fordstown in the in the eighteen uh, eighties. Um, but I would love to know if any of your uh, listeners have any further insight into uh, the family M O O R E from Fordstown, um, because you know, I I do think that they were there for uh, a number of generations.
3: Mm. Um, uh, and ultimately, two died very young, others died, you talk talking the 50s, etc. Had these guys, Owen, Matt uh, and Tom, any children? Do we know uh, that? They,
8: they, yeah, they did. There, there were children, um, yeah. Uh, for instance, um, uh, I don't think Owen had any, but um, Matt certainly did. Uh, well, uh, Matt was married three times as well, so... I think he had uh, children by his third wife. One of them used to. Sorry, one of the grandchildren was a, a little girl who used to star in films as well, along with her dad. Right. Um, so there may be descendants of them still to this day but I don't know whether they're still involved in showbiz Mm.
3: That's interesting because that's the point here wouldn't it be fantastic if we could track down uh, living relatives of the Moors in the States today on that side and here we are in LMFM this afternoon in the Northeast. there are people listening all over this area and beyond can you help us, can you help Turtle and I know our Louise Walsh has a particular interest in this as well the Moore family, the Moore family from Fordstown. Can anybody help us or suggest or point or give us any nugget of information on them? We'd appreciate it. Eighteen fifty-seven one five nine five eight. You can call or text us or WhatsApp to 86 It's a great story, isn't it, Turtle?
8: It's a fabulous story. And I do think that, um, you know, whatever, even if that's all we have to go on, I mean, don't find anything more out about them. We know they came from Fordstown and Fordstown um, should uh, you know, figure out ways to honour them somehow or to have a, I don't know, Laurel and Hardy's in the cinema now. And actually, funnily enough, I found a, an ad for the Moore brothers. It's called, all three of them starred in a film uh, called The Brothers, uh, one of the first talkies. And in the ad, it's them alongside the poster for Laurel and Hardy. So you're moving, you know, which is obviously very topical at the moment. Anyway, I think you could have room for some sort of silent movie festival or silent something or... Yeah Anyway, they need to be
3: honoured somehow. They should be honoured and remembered. I'm with you all the way on this one. The brothers, all three of them own Matt and Tom. I, I will say, uh, there is a little plaque in Fordstown. You know this. There's yes, a plaque yes, there think, yeah. to commemorate them. That's what's there at the moment. But can you imagine, you know, if we could locate and do something the potential to create something there that would be of a tourism interest in the future could be very substantial. Absolutely. Three Hollywood stars. That's pretty good. It's uh, pretty good. There ain't many townlands in Ireland can boast three boys from the parish with stars on Hollywood Boulevard. Think about that. When you just think about that, it is really, really significant. They did, just before we finish, just to say as well, they were, uh, of course, the silent black and white, but they moved into the talkies, which is great as well
8: they did and yeah. they they were all um, all all uh, developed because uh, it was, apparently it was easier for men than uh, women to get into the into the talkies but they did and um, they they and, and in fact that crime there was a crime caper that the three brothers also made uh called side street in 1929 and that was one of the first talkies uh, so they did the other thing to say is uh, just before that um, tom's wife was Rene Adore uh, who was the daughter of a French circus artist. And she um, she was about the most controversial woman in the world in 1928 because she filmed a very short nude swimming scene. Um, <laughs> oh,
3: can you imagine? Really can you imagine in those days the furore that that actually caused? That'd be something else. <laughs> when you look at the day, what goes on with people say and do? Now let yeah. me see. Uh, what can I? I have something in here. The 1901 census I'm looking at here, right? And mm-hmm. residents of a house. Uh, in Fordstown, Gurley County, Mead, and as you said, there, there's a, a Mary Moore there, age mm-hmm. sixty. Okay. yeah. Uh, And she's a farmer. She's described as a widow. All right. And I just see that there and the 1901 census. So uh, that's interesting. And there's a Matthew Moore, 60. All right there. Uh, And that's the 1911 census that that's on Fordstown, Ireland and a farmer there. So those people were there uh, after the emigration of these moors.
8: I would suggest Matthew Moore, who's there in the 1911 census, is their uncle. That's my, my hunch, but, I, you know, I do not
3: OK, think yeah, just looking at the, the both senses here with the moors on them uh, as we speak, just interesting to raise that as well. It might ring a bell with somebody. Anyway, Turtle, we've kicked it off in earnest today. Let's see where this goes. I have a good feeling in me water, as they say. Good man, all right. I look forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me again on the show. Appreciate it. Take care, yourself. You're very welcome. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's Turtle Bunbury there. Great guy. The Moore Brothers. Three stars on the Hollywood Boulevard. My, oh, my. Life is wonderful when you unearth little gems like this.
0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk.
3: Still to come on Late Lunch this afternoon, we continue our new regular feature, Let's Talk Business, and under the spotlight today is Simply Fit Food. We'll have Evelyn Garland and Luke Judge and more besides with us on the show after 2.30, and Linda O'Connor is having a chat with me today. She's a wonderful violinist, and she's appearing on the Drawhada Classical this Friday at the St. Peter's Church of Ireland, and we have a couple of tickets for that to give away as well. Thank you, Tom. Got your message there about, I won't mention the name because I want to just hold this back, Tom, I Appreciate. Tom's been on to us. I mentioned about 44 years working. We were talking to Mario Growney, top of the show, post retiring. Tom's recommended somebody who has over fifty years and is still working. We're going to follow that, Tom. I appreciate your message this afternoon, uh, Louise. What about the Moore brothers? You're, you're, you're on a dig. I think you're an uh, there's an archaeologist in you somewhere. When well, this woman starts digging, she never stops. Louise, well done. This is some story.
7: It's an amazing story, isn't it? It's mm. just fantastic. And fair play to you know Stephanie Bray in, in Fordstown. Yes, she's worked tirelessly on it. To you know she, she has. was able to get leader funding to put up the plaque the and. Plaque. Yes, and it's just that there are people out there, and they're dying out. That remembered them, and yeah, okay. there'd be nobody left, you know. Mm. And even you were saying about the Hollywood stars, but mm. one of the brothers, Matt, I don't know if you mentioned it. His two cats have their own stars on I the didn't. yeah on the animal section, <laughs> the animal Hollywood Walk of Fame. So his two cats have a star. Because they even started better, he loved doesn't... them. Yeah, yeah. And he brought them in films.
3: <laughs> I, wouldn't it be just great to make links? Mm-hmm. To make links here at yeah. home, to make links in the states, to sub- yeah. you know relatives that I'm sure there must be. If they had children, there's a chance there are people still alive that's uh, related yeah. to them. It
7: has to be. I, like I'm led to believe, somebody in me that trying to track them down has an album, or photograph album from the Moors. Um, but okay. we're just kind of still, still, okay. lo- still look.
3: Are you listening? Do you know who that is? Is that person out there today? Do you know of them? Are you the person that has the album? It'd be great if you could get in touch with us and, and let us know mm-hmm. and let us in on this a bit more. Three because. stars. Yeah, the, this three. is a story that should be told. The story should be told and they should be remembered because this is huge. And as Turtle said, look at Laurel and Hardy. Now, they are massive. I know that making the comeback. But these guys were absolutely huge, I have to say, in the day. Huge, huge, huge. Let me mention something that's coming up next week Brexit I don't have to mention this anyway I suppose I do Brexit breakfast briefing you have to get, slow down to say that really it's uh, being presented by Grant Thornton it's happening next Thursday that's tomorrow week at half seven in the morning so you have to be up at the crack of dawn at the Coca-Cola offices Southgate Southside Drahada. it's free to Drahada chamber members if you're a non-member it's a tenor. and if you'd like to book you can book on Eventbrite online or you can call O four one nine eight three three five four four. That's O four one nine eight double three five double four Uh, It's on Thursday week, Brexit Breakfast Briefing. So if you're concerned, and it's presented by Grant Thornton, there's the details there if you'd like to go along. And we will mention that again over the uh, coming days. Now, the boys in transition year in St. Mary's Secondary School on the south side of Drogheda were in touch with us last week, they tell us, they listen to late lunch every Wednesday afternoon. I think they're doing the woodwork. They're in a specific class. Yeah, and, and we're on there in the background. Hello, guys. Hello to your teachers as well work hard I know you always work hard you're creative guys up there but guess what they love late lunch and they love Dolly Parton and 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 last week we hadn't but this week we have and you know what those boys they're only in school nine to four but Dolly (laughs) yes here's nine to five for you fellas That's for the boys in St. Mary's transition. T.Y. in Drogheda this afternoon. Dolly pardon, just for you guys. Keep up the hard work there. Suzanne Jamal has been on to us. Uh, she's a councillor in Ashburn Municipal District. Nice to hear from you, Suzanne, this afternoon. She wants to wish Mary O'Growney from Tower Post Office The very best in her retirement next Saturday. She says, I've known Mary since I became a councillor in 2009 and have the utmost respect for the way she served the people of Screen, Tara, Ratfai and the surrounding areas in her 44 years of service. Well done to a fabulous woman. And again, all the very best, Suzanne. Thank you indeed for that lovely message, Jerry. Don't forget another Moore in Hollywood. How could I forget him? Yes, Dundalks, John Moore, a brilliant, brilliant man. He directed so many Hollywood action movies: Die Hard, Max Payne, etc. Moore must be a lucky name in Hollywood, says the listener. Well, it's a lucky and famous name as well. And delighted to mention uh, John on the show this afternoon. You would like lunch on LMFM Radio. Up next, it's uh, one of our more recent regular. Uh, Slots on late lunch It's called Let's talk business And I say to you again If you're in business And you'd like to be featured Don't hesitate to get in touch with us But today we shine the light on Simply Fit Food. Yes, we continue uh, with Let's Talk Business for 2019. And today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome back Brendan Casey, who's Business Development Manager with The Mill. Shona McManus is here, President of Drogheda Chamber and of Osborne Recruitment. And under the microscope today are two young people that I met on this show. I think it was back in 2016. And they were full of the joys of spring and They were going to change the world. And they had a company called Simply Fit Food. And you know what? They're flying, and they're back with us today on the show. Luke Judge and Evelyn Garland, you're both very welcome. Welcome to everybody. Great to see you all. Thanks. If Thanks, I could Jerry. start with yourselves, Evelyn and Luke, first. Are you the official spokeswoman, or is Luke? Let me get this right. Yeah,
9: he keeps pointing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Evelyn. Sorry. No, he's getting- no, I just talk for Ireland. Do you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it's probably a positive thing from my point of view. Luke loves doing the but I, I just talk too much that he doesn't get enough of the life. OK,
3: well, I need a talker today and your mind for the next few minutes. But he can chip in himself. Look, let's go back. 2016, you popped in here both the uh, Luke had a health incident and it set both of you thinking about a new business. Mm -hmm. So when you came to me then and subsequently, um, tell us what your premise was, what you were going to do, what you started out doing.
9: Mm -hmm. So this is dating back probably August 2016. We were just about to launch Simply Fit Food as an online healthy meal delivery company. We'd done a bit of market research four months prior to that. Luke was working full-time in his family business. I was just finished um, food science and ECD, working in a separate job, which I didn't particularly like. Um, And obviously based on the heart condition that he had the six months prior to that, we realised that there was no kind of healthy, convenient, nutritious meal delivery companies that would deliver healthy food to your door. So that's really what was the stepping stone to us launching uh, our online platform in September 2016.
3: Okay, and I sat here and thought, great, but that is a massive challenge ahead of these folks. You know what I mean? To deliver online, deliver, deliver it fresh, get it out there, the logistics. My God, it was a big ask. Yes?
9: Yeah, no, it was. And being quite honest, we were so... I suppose we weren't used to the online platform of business and I think that was a good thing that we were so naive because I think had we have realised how hard it actually was to grow a business online we probably wouldn't have done it but I suppose now looking back we have all of that information behind us and we know what to do going forward if we were ever to launch an online business again and how to do it and how to do it right so it's not a bad thing.
3: No, so online selling to individuals is gone at this stage.
9: For now.
2: That's yeah. not
3: part of your present business model. No. How long did it take you to realise that? Or when did the penny drop that you did that, Luke?
2: Uh, the penny dropped, I suppose, last March when we got a call from um, Fairway Super Value. And the manager there was very good, Richard, very good to us. And we put in 100 meals one day and they sold out the next day. And it was a lot easier just dropping meals up there and then selling two or 300 a week than trying to go sell 10 meals to Kerry and to Donegal and all over the place so it just made a lot more sense then to try and streamline it down to retail, although it's kind of ruthless enough retail but Mm. that's where we kind of wanted to go with it.
3: So that was the key moment that said to you, rather than running all over the place, trying to serve everybody and anybody, here is a way to go out through the multiples and sell our product and in greater quantities with less involved in logistics, et cetera. So did that change? Did you just then change? Was that what happened? You just made a change from that? or Obviously, it took time.
9: No, yeah. It's basically taken the full year between product development on the current range that we have in uh, done stores now to trying to kind of tell our customers slowly but surely and get them used to the fact that we weren't going to be... Online, you know, providing an online service anymore. Mm. And I suppose one of the key elements for us was that we didn't want customers t- to think that we were failing. If anything, we were going the complete opposite. But it was, there was so much work that was happening like outside of social media, outside of our website that people obviously don't know about because yeah. um, what we were doing at the time. And I suppose it was trying to prepare ourselves for the first of January of this year. To really then, do the yeah.
3: relaunch and really get going with this new model. Yeah. Look, like, it is a concern, isn't it? Because you've had built up a customer base online. You've had people who were coming regularly and you don't want to disenfranchise or lose them. So it's a question of re-educating them to say we're doing it in a different way.
9: Exactly and a lot of our customers um, you know we, we would often have had problems with the delivery end of things where customers may not have been at home at the time mm. a fresh box of food um, needs to be refrigerated straight away and it was just left lying there and the profitability end of things it just wasn't there and it's not a scalable model for us we felt at that time um, so given all of those different elements of of us and and, and and us wanting to scale the business in a way that you know was a five-year plan sort of thing. We knew that it wasn't going to be online, that it would have to be through uh, the retail end of things.
3: And you've also, Luke... uh Really tightened up your product range because at this minute in time, I see it's all chicken. Uh, Chicken, Arabiata, Asian chicken, Cajun chicken and Thai chicken curry. So you you have four products at the moment. You've tightened down to this because there was beef and everything else, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, there was. But we just found that these sold the best and we just stepped up the the ingredients and everything. And we we feel now and the feedback we've gotten the past couple of weeks is that they taste better than they ever did. They're made in a proper facility now, like like BRC accredited. An unbelievable facility one of the best in Ireland and where is that is that local or where are you getting yeah, it yeah it's, it's, it's local that okay. it's made and, uh, and are they
3: making just for you or do they make for others as well are you part of their business yeah be part, part of okay. their business yeah, but yeah. you're very happy with these people they're yeah. doing what it says on the tin of, yeah, the, yeah. of the cover what you want done yeah exactly okay. Yeah. okay so you're down to four products now and you've just launched in done stores yes
9: yes we have well I have to say
3: <laughs> congratulations Thank that you. is a very hard nut to crack for anybody
9: yeah so we you yeah. were told actually quite a bit
3: <laughs> oh if you get by margaret heffernan and our crew i tip me cap to you, that's for sure well done to you on that that's a big deal isn't it
9: yeah well again naively we had no idea how big a deal it was until we we launched with duns we kind of received a few you know be careful before you go in there make sure your your pitch is right your product is right etc mm. etc et and really what we're doing is just we've got so much self-belief it's our business we're not trying to sell a product just to make money we're trying to sell a product to change people's lives so I know it sounds like a big deal but it really is to help people make healthy convenient choices wherever they may be. So that was why we launched into Duns.
3: Do Duns want you exclusively or has that been... No. No. So because I know you are sold through Spar, there are some centres have you as well and Super Value. Do you intend developing those other lines with those multiples there as well as Duns, yes?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's the plan. Even we're going to the north of Ireland now next week for 180 Spar stores there. Your Spar as well, so... We'll see how that goes well with Brexit. We're not 100% sure. (laughs) Listen, listen, put put that
3: thing out of your head. Drive up that road. Don't pay any attention to anything when you pass Dundalk and head into Newry. It's only a figure of the imagination. That's the way we have to think about this. Brendan, come in here because Brendan Casey from The Mill, he's business development manager. You know, these guys are still babies in the business world they're virtually startups still but is there we'll listen to their story is that something you come across regular where people have these ideas and enthusiasm and plans early on and it really does have to come 360.
10: Yeah and I think a lot of the times Jerry it it mightn't be a full 360 Mm. you know you've um, Evelyn and Luke have talked spoken there about You know, testing the market, you know, so they they know what their customers liked. It was really just the delivery or how they actually, the distribution, I suppose, uh, they're able to fine-tune their actual product range, which is critical as well. Because a lot of startups, they'll try to do too much and obviously the costs will go up. It's harder to fine-tune your market. So... You know, Simply Fit Food have been doing that for the last couple of years. So, from Dunn Stores' perspective, there's a lot less risk. So, it's easier for them to, to actually sell their products to the likes of Dunn Stores. You know, they said, look, we have this existing customer base. Uh, it's really the distribution side of things. But it is it is very normal. I mean, I was thinking about it. Uh, as I said, it's not generally not a 360 degrees, but um, a lot of times business coaches will call it pivoting. And, uh, you know, you look at even the likes of Ryanair, you know, they didn't start out as a low cost airline, uh, but they move, they change over. Even the likes of PayPal didn't start off as a pure payments company. So you sort of, uh, you, you have to be adaptable. And that's a crucial element of being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, having uh, that adaptability. I know Luke and Evelyn are very good at accessing supports and advice and, you know, they're very confident in what they're doing. Uh, that whole area, I think um, Evelyn mentioned it there, that community and building up a community and the health and food uh, and the social, you know, the community side of the thing is a massive these days. Uh, so I think they've really tapped into uh, a goat market at the
3: moment. So you're saying to me, one of the traits of a failed entrepreneur is somebody who holds rigid to an idea, won't listen to all the advice they're getting, don't shake and move. It, it, it's a problem for somebody, is it, if you're not willing to? You, you do see that
10: sometimes. And, uh, you know... <laughs> You, ha- you have to have faith in your business, mm. you know, which again, the guy said, you know, they had faith in the business, but. You have to, you know. Sometimes, you know, the figures don't lie, and uh, everybody has limited resources, whether it's time or money, you know. So you have to fine tune it, and as I said, you do have to be adaptable. It's crucial, and the business
3: they're in as well, you know, fresh, yes, top quality foods, and that, you know, you mentioned there, Evelyn, the, you know, when you deliver the storage of it, the taking care of it, they're even in a more precarious niche or segment of the market, aren't they?
10: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but obviously I'd imagine the distribution costs were very mm. high, you know, mm. as a percentage of the margin. Um, and, you know, Ireland is such so fragmented. You know, maybe if you're in New York City uh Dublin even, or uh, London, you, you know, you can do it. But, you know,
3: scaling that across Ireland is a difficult ask. Not easy, and and that is so true. Let me take a short break. Shona McManus is with us. She's coming in after the break. If you want to join in or comment, and as I said, if you want to be featured on this feature on Late Lunch, get in touch with us. You're quite welcome to do so. We'll have a look at it, we promise you. But today, it's Simply Fit Food. Yes, we're talking business on Late Lunch this afternoon and Simply Fit Food. Yes, they're in the spotlight. Luke Judge and Evelyn Garland. Brendan Casey is with us here, Business Development Manager with The Mill, and Shona McManus, President of Drogheda Chamber, Osborne recruitment Shona, you've been sitting there listening to the guys to Brendan as well and taking your notes there what do you say about them about Simply Fit and what you've been hearing
1: what I've heard so far and what I know of the guys as well and their business startup over the last couple of years um, I think is a really good example of a, of a, a strong startup so far you know and you, you've had some great successes and congratulations to you and congratulations on your Chamber Award as well and the last yeah. Business <laughs> Excellence Awards which is fantastic Yes, um, and it's wonderful to see it I mean you clearly had as Brandon alluded to you, you know exactly the resources that are available to you you've, you've gone down all the avenues of getting yourselves out there getting marketed getting branded you've even on Dragon's then isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you have been. Um, you've been highly, heavily involved in the chamber to get your, the business out there as well. So, uh, um, and I know that you have. Um, res uh, taken resources from or looked for resources from yeah, yeah. leo and funding etc yeah. as well and' Is I that don't very know you
3: important you know I think for, so definitely
1: know. yeah definitely and because it, it supports and not only do you get financial funding but you also get advice you get experience from people mm-hmm. and you have a support network because it's a very lonely thing to have an idea and go out and try to bring it to market and it's hard work as we we're just talking about on the break you're working all hours you're up at 4 a.m in the morning people don't know that they don't see that mm-hmm. underneath the lovely glossy marketing of websites and branding. Um, But the other things that I did here, aside of that and what I know of you guys out there, Luke and Evelyn, I mean, your idea started, your inspiration started from uh, a very personal situation there's a huge heart and purpose in that every day changing lives through food it's a it's a great topic right now as brandon said because everyone's about um well-being health anxiety all of that mental health food and nutrition feeds massively into that not only in personal lives but also in corporate lives as well so there's probably great other business opportunities for you guys to look into as well as scaling and do but um i suppose from having your idea and your purpose Getting your business learnings through your startups, um, then streamlining your efficiencies, having listened to your customers, and now you've launched a scalable business model. I think it's fantastic, and and it's not just with one key client either. You have multiple key clients in where you need to be very careful that you don't have all your eggs in one basket, as as we say in business. You know, so it's a fantastic example of a great startup locally.
3: I love this question that's just come in for you to me uh, right now from Anne. She wants to know: Will you please ask Evelyn? And Luke, what about a veggie option? What Ooh. about the people out there who just want that? Is That, that great. Is that on the
9: pipeline? Yeah, we have actually got a vegan and a vegetarian option um, launching very soon. Why we launched Four Meals uh, at the beginning was just to see how the sales would go um, and obviously to get the brand a little bit better out there in, into the retail space but don't worry Anne we hold tight <laughs> because we've got a vegan and vegetarian option it's coming it's
3: on the way yeah. for you what Shona said there it is the reality of, of this are you still working away are you doing a bit for yourself uh, as well as developing this Luke no no I'm full full-time you're since, full-time since time you're full time into this now in and now, Evelyn yeah. you too yeah. Yeah. so both of you uh, all in, nothing left behind here, no fully back. focused, no going back. But surely, you know, that shows your confidence and belief and you know what's out there and the possibilities that Shona mentioned as well. Um, You know, that must be really extra special and important in driving the business on.
9: Yeah, well, I suppose you have to have a lot of faith in what you're doing, but own self-belief as well. And we also have made a huge amount of mistakes Um probably more mistakes and successes but I think for us to have gotten to the stage where we are at now if we hadn't made those mistakes in the past we wouldn't have kind of learned from of them course. and developed so everything we've done today we don't I don't think we regret Luke
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're a little bit different from other businesses as well because we're a couple mm. nearly every moment we're awake we're talking about simply for food it's almost a bit sick you know (laughs) but we're not we're not like but that's why i think it's successful they're not sick they eat their own stuff folks i'm just telling you and they feel
3: great you see they they live it eat it sleep it drink it they're up every other day come back in on that because show me the woman or man of business who hasn't made a mistake is that part and parcel of the process of 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 success ultimately
10: yeah, I mean everybody. Everybody makes mistakes, whether it's your own business. I mean, it's nice. It's nice to have a few jobs before you set up your own business and you can make mistakes in other people's time but uh, it doesn't always work out like that um, but I, I do know she's um, really
3: laughing at uh, that she <laughs> knows what you're saying go on
10: everyone said it was a short period of time I think she was working with somebody else so. um, but, oh, <laughs> but no it, it it is important you know you're trying to minimise those mistakes I suppose and you know the impact of those mistakes Um But you know, people are good and I think when you're up front and when you take on board what you've learned and you can move on to the next phase and I would go back earlier on, um, Luke was talking about separating business but I do remember interviewing you guys for the uh, Best Young Entrepreneurs and I think we had to do a Skype call with you guys in Thailand as far as I remember so I hope you get some breaks from the day-to-day business Um, I know it was market research on that curry that you've uh, developed us but uh, it's important to take a break at the same time but uh, it can be difficult and again that goes Mm. into that well being you know and food is an important part of that
3: yeah. mm. uh, getting that balance right they mm. are the words of a sage there you're getting now today yeah. To, yeah. but it is important to say yeah. that as well yeah. because you can run and run and run and you do need as well to have a bit of downtime but look at that is another challenge that you face on the road OK, so you're into Duns and you're going north to Spar next week. And beyond that, what, what's the, the thrust for 19, uh, 2019? What would you like to see come the end of the year? Where do you want to be, Evelyn?
9: Well, apart from our vegan and vegetarian line, we're also going to be bringing out a healthy snack and we plan on exporting that by the end of 19, early 2020. Obviously, we're exit, depending. <laughs> we won't linger on that too much. But um, basically what we want to do is provide our healthy options in every part of the country uh, across the island of Ireland, both north and south. So that's our main aim for 2019 and 2020 is, is export potential. So
3: OK, so it's exciting times yeah. for you. It, it really is. You're great examples, as Brendan said there, and back to you, Shona, of young entrepreneurs, aren't they?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And the, their sense of purpose and, as I said, all the learnings they've had so far. It really, really is great. A prime example. And there's a lot to be learned from anybody else listening today that if you have an idea and you have a lot of heart in it you should really go for it try and get support go with your idea start your business get um, get advice what i'd also say to Avlyn and Lucas as well whilst you're you're driven by your passion for your business at the moment do and, and I know you already do this from from everything we've heard, but make sure that you are getting um, advisory services or an executive director services or something like that in terms of helping to build out the business. And, and I'm sure you are. You've got great ideas and a great strategy lined up, which is wonderful. And do get a bit of time out for yourselves because you do burn out. And that's the key thing. You know, it's really That is critical. the message. Yeah. We
3: have 20 seconds. My producer is telling me Brexit breakfast briefing when? Just remind them again.
1: Yeah Jerry. next Thursday um, registering at 7.30 in the morning, Start kicking off at 8am sharp. Um, Grant Thornton are joining the Drogheda Chamber of Commerce and the Coca-Cola offices next Thursday for a Brexit briefing. Um, so we'd be delighted to have um, additional people attend. Nearly full now I have to say at the moment, um, but it is open for people to register online at Eventbrite.
3: Okay, great stuff. Wish you well. I'm delighted to have you back. And you are real examples, shining examples of people who are just great and the backbone of this economy of ours here in Ireland. Thank you. Best best of luck to Simply Fit Food. Brendan Casey, thank you for joining me. Shona McManus. Until the next, let's talk business. Thanks a million.
0: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, now open in Dundalk, beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors, Dundalk.
3: Ah, poor Serena. She was beaten in Australia today. Well, at least this time she didn't spit the dummy out of the pram, like the last time when she lost in the US final. Remember that? Before Christmas, the poor girl that won it. So she stood there and the other one just going ballistic because she didn't win. And she blew it, Miss Williams, yes. They blew it herself. She had match points galore. I was looking back at it. And she flunked. She flunked. And she didn't spit the duty this time round. Maybe she's learned from our last tirade. I hope she has. Anyway, I wouldn't bet against her setting the uh, new record for most Grand Slams won by women because she'll have many opportunities, won't she, this year? The French coming up and Wimbledon and then the US beyond. I think she'll probably pick up one of them. But maybe, maybe the wheel is turning and the new generation will dominate and it's bye-bye to the Williams at this stage. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're great supporters of classical music, and particularly the at Classical, and it's back for 2019, and this Friday at St Peter's Church of Ireland, there's a brilliant performance in store, and after the break, I'm going to have a chat with violinist Linda O'Connor. It's back, the 1st of 2019. I'm talking about the Drahada Classical taking place this Friday at the beautiful St Peter's Church of Ireland in Drahada half past seven. Oh boy, are you in for a treat. Yes, Linda O'Connor and Mia Cooper, along with the Wolfgang Ensemble, will perform Vivaldi's Four Seasons. It's brilliant. And also Bill Whelan's Inishlaken. And I'm joined on Late Lunch on the line this afternoon by a violin virtuoso. Linda O'Connor, you're very welcome to the show. Thank
11: you very much, Jerry. Pleasure to be on the show.
3: Not at all. Thank you for joining me. You've been to Drogheda, the classical and St Peter's, have you before, yeah?
11: I have indeed, yeah. I performed a couple of times, actually, with soprano Salim Byrne. Um, so it's a, a little different this time, but we had a lovely time there in the church uh, the last couple of times we were there over the last few years.
3: My God, now that I think of it, I was there myself. <laughs> and, uh, they were memorable, memorable nights. Well, look at your back and headlining uh, this time round. Will you tell me this... Um, Two violinists, but two quite distinct players. Will you explain you and Mia?
11: Um, in in, in what regard, Jerry? Sorry? Like,
3: uh, you are classical. Is she classical as well? Because it's one a classical violin and one ordinary. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes.
11: Yes. Yeah, so the, the two in the English lacan one is kind of meant to be a traditional Irish fiddle, and yeah. um, then the other is a classical violinist as such. Um, now I'm a sort of uh, a very newbie to the traditional Irish uh, genre Um so I came to it in my early twenties um, and I have been playing the violin a little bit longer than that um, so I sort of have a bit of a grow for it now and my partner uh, is, a, is a traditional Irish musician himself so that's where the interest came in and um, so in this piece you have sort of, it's like a violin off uh, so you have the classical violin uh, versus the trad violin and right. you're trying to kind of show off to each other. I have to say, it is a very difficult trad fiddle part and I'm not so sure that that. Um, I know your very own Zoe Conway has performed it many times and of course she's well, uh, you know, a stunning player. Um, but I'm not sure that the, the ordinary Joe Soap of a fiddle player could play it. It's, it's very uh, technically demanding and, you know, it goes up into very high positions and stuff. Um, so it is very technically demanding for for the normal sort of traditional Irish
3: revision. Yeah, and so that is the contrast, the traditional and the classical as well, and one opposed yeah. to the other. That's where it's getting at. So that's that's very interesting in itself. Now, here's the other interesting thing. Vivaldi and his much-loved Four Seasons. What yes. uh, a well-loved piece for uh, decades, centuries, you name it. And on the other yes. hand, all these years later, you have Bill Whelan's Inish Lacken.
11: Yes, Absolutely. I know, I, I just, you know, it, it, the, the, the dream came to me of putting this on because I just wanted to kind of bring my two worlds together. Mm. Um, and, and I love performing the Four Seasons. I just think it's one of the greatest pieces written of all time. I just think it's absolutely superb. Um, and I think they go very well together, you know, um, because they're very alike in a lot of ways, as well as being completely different. Mm. Um, I think they evoke the imagination a huge amount um, and I think they create this world of you don't know what's going to happen um, which I love in my performances as you might remember from my Shardash performance uh, when you were in Gerada the last time I like to be a little bit different every time and I think they both allow that to to happen Um, so it's a a very exciting programme to perform as well as I think to to listen to as well you know
3: Oh it's beautiful to listen to that's for sure you mentioned uh, dropped a little line there that you started the traditional when you were of an age, but tell me this do you remember the first time at four years of age when you stood on the stage? Was it the National Concert Hall? <laughs>
11: Yeah, apparently I fell asleep and was on uh, uh, and I was on the news or on, on the newspaper, falling asleep um, at the time. So I was in the front row and I was one of the babies and I fell ah. asleep on stage. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I did play now as well. But yes, I did fall, fall asleep. So that's where my first um, performance got me <laughs> to the newspaper.
3: So, and um, yeah. back to Vivaldi. I, I want to remind people that when Nigel Kennedy actually recorded uh, it 30 years ago, it was one of the big biggest selling records of all time yes.
11: yeah and I think it was in my house as well I was very young at the time and I remember floating around our house it, it's just epic and you know the man has has re-recorded this piece how many times and every single time it's completely different yes. and I just think that's the amazing thing about this piece is that every single time it's performed and every t- single time it's recorded it can be completely different from the last um, so I never know what's going to happen on stage let alone the audience so it's, it's just oh it's
3: such an exciting piece it's fantastic that, that's reassuring linda really reassuring <laughs> let me say at this stage but look it adds to the mystique and that you don't know as well the other thing is it's a four it's a suite should i say a four yes. mini concertos uh yes. describing a different season uh winter we, we don't like winter but in the terms of this <laughs> it's number one isn't it
11: yeah, I mean, it's definitely the most, well, between that and spring, I think mm. it's the most well-known of the two seasons. And and uh, I suppose the first movement of spring is most well-known, and the slow movement of winter is probably the most well-known. Um, but yeah, they're just, I mean, there's so much beautiful music within the four seasons, within the four mini concertos, that it's, it's hard to pick a favourite or hard to know, I don't know how they've become the most well-known, because... You know, actually, there's some really awesome parts throughout the rest of it that just aren't as well-known, so yeah, I don't know how they've become as well-known, but they have.
3: <laughs> and, of course, we must mention, uh, besides yourself and Mia uh, you. Cooper, the Wolfgang Ensemble will be yeah. there. These are brilliant people, aren't they?
11: They certainly are, indeed. Um, it, the brainchild of cellist Alva McDonough, um who you might have remembered from Drada the last time I was there as well, Um, So it's a very, very small ensemble of musicians, but they're some of Ireland's finest musicians. Um, We have people like um, Andrea from the Contempo Quartet, the viola player, she's going to come down and join us. And then we have Alva, and we have David Lee on harpsichord. And it's it's just, yeah, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by these people. It's going to be fantastic.
3: How is Celine? I haven't seen her in a while. She's just lovely, isn't she? She's laid back, Mm -hmm. isn't she? Is she easy to work with?
11: Oh, she's so easy to. We have such a giggle. I mean, I can't describe to you. We have such a giggle, and you never know what she's going to come out with on stage. And we love that about. And I mean, not vocally, it's always sublime with her vocals. But I mean, what she might say on stage. So you're always kept on your toes with Celine, um, and and it's just wonderful. She's she's an absolute joy. We we did her board gosh concert in December, um, and we we had a wonderful time. And we did have a couple of drinks afterwards to celebrate. Um, but yeah, she's just fabulous. We're we're actually in Nice. Um, on the 17th of February with her now, so doing another concert. So
3: I'm looking forward to that. Oh, great. She's near home yeah. there. Her, uh, She's at home, actually, Yeah, in Kildare. She she's with at her. home, exactly. Yeah. I just want to tell listeners today, I have a pair of tickets to give away for Friday night. Would you like to go along? Look, I've been at these evenings, uh, and they're wonderful. You'll just love them so much. If you've never been to Claskill, Go and enjoy it. I have a pair of tickets to give away today on Late Lunch. Here's my question. It's mighty difficult and you better get cracking quick with your answers. (laughs) How many strings are there on a violin? Quick, quick, quick. Get texting (laughs) 086-1800-658. 086-1800-658. Text or WhatsApp immediately. How many strings on the violin with your name and details? And we'll pick a winner before the end of the show. You'll thoroughly enjoy it, I promise. You know, if you want to get tickets for Friday night, it's quite simple. You contact Drihid Arts center or call them at 041 9833946 that's 041 9833946 at the Drijhid Art Center now you get going at 7 the concert's on the road at 730 do you, do you speak you know they do this preamble where you talk about what you're going to do are, are you involved in that Linda.
11: Yes, um, I think we're going to do something around 7 o'clock and we're going to just have a little question and answer. Um, and I, I will tell audience, especially for the people who've never been to a concert like this before, I don't like to have this formality that is often present at a lot of classical music concerts. I like to have a bit of banter with the audience in the very same way that Celine does. I like people to feel comfortable at the concert. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. It's meant to be an enjoyable experience for them as well as for us. And so I, I just want, I think everyone should come and experience. Um, you know, this amazing world of both classical and traditional Irish music. So definitely go out and buy your tickets.
3: Do indeed. And, and, and what I say to you is as well, I, I, I've said this before, what Pauline Ashwood does here and brings the likes of yourself and this brilliance to the northeast. it's wonderful because normally you'd have to head to the capital city or to capital cities across Europe and the world to see performers like this. But here it is in the northeast for everybody. And this is the January concert, the first of the new year. And they really do deserve fantastic support. I encourage you to go along and enjoy it on Friday night, and of course, always to mention the beautiful saint Peter's the acoustics for you guys linda
11: oh it's it's sublime one of the nicest in the in the country, I think just a beautiful place
3: to perform. It really, it. really is. If you want to go along, a pair of tickets, the answers are coming in. How many strings are there on a violin? Don't tell them, Linda. It's a difficult question. <laughs> no hints, no clues there, please. Good luck to you on Friday night and we're Thank going so to hear much, some of Vivaldi now to give them a flavour for Fantastic. it. With the very best of luck to you and nice to talk to you on the show today.
11: Thanks so much, John. We'll see
3: you there. See you. Take care. Okay, Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And here Bye. it is, Vivaldi. <laughs> Isn't it just marvellous? You're with Lyric FM. No, I'm joking. You're with LMFM's Late Lunch uh, this Wednesday afternoon. It's not Marty, it's Jerry on the uh, air today with you. Yes, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I have to say, if you've never been, and I encourage you to go, it's something that's come into my life in the last few years and I just love it to go to one of the concerts and enjoy the wonderful, wonderful music. It's terrific. And that was Linda O'Connor and Mia Cooper with the Wolfgang Ensemble. And that's what you'll hear on Friday night at St Peter's Church of Ireland, 7.30 in Drogheda, not to be missed. And again, tickets from the Dreyhead Art Centre. Uh, You can book them there in advance or rock up to the door if you wish on the night. I'm sure they look after you there at the church on Friday evening. Good luck to everybody then that's the first of the Drogheda Classical uh, for 2019 0419833946 for your tickets 0419833946 and winning the tickets today are many strings on a violin there are four strings on a violin I can tell you and we got many answers in in a rush and the winner of those tickets this afternoon is Ella Retzag? I think I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Ella. They're your pair of tickets today. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. Go in along there and enjoy on Friday. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Thank you so much to my guests today, to everybody who joined us on the show. And again, I want to wish Mario O'Growney all the very best from Tara. Tara Post Office closing its doors on Saturday. She joined us top of the show, and many, many well wishers still coming on to us there about that. And thanks to everybody who was in touch about the Moore Brothers. We have many leads to follow here, and our Louise is on to it, I promise you. See you tomorrow, half one, for another late
0: lunch. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, now open in Dundalk, beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors, Dundalk.